You're listening to the Teen Wolf Rewolf. Julia, I have like bummer news. Which would be... One day you and I are going to die. Not so bummer. I, I kind of already knew that. Okay, um, one day this also means our podcast will come to an end. Aww. A little bit more of a bummer. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, if all goes according <laughs> to plan, our death will not be the demise of our podcast. Yeah, fingers crossed. That's actually kind of a joyous thing. Like, one day we will reach the end. Of the podcast or life? Oh, oh both. I mean, depending <laughs> on how you're looking. I, I think that I personally am, like, looking forward to my ghost career. Um, it depends. If I could be a pirate ghost. I don't know. I'm putting in requests. I think you have to die <laughs> a pirate to be a pirate ghost. Uh, Okay. Challenge accepted. I think, yeah, I think you have a pretty big career change on the horizon. I'm Former gonna... podcaster, future pirate. I think that sounds great. I'm going to put it on my resume. I like to think that we're also going to be like former podcaster, future podcaster. Mm-hmm, maybe. We have to get to all those podcasts that people keep asking <laughs> us to start, you know, about True Blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or we could podcast from Beyond the Grave, ghost podcasting. Uh, it'll be the whole new frontier in podcasting. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that would be really <laughs> impressive if like, we launched ghost careers. Crazy. I do have other things I want to do as a ghost, though. Like? Like certain buildings I'd like to haunt. Uh-huh. Yeah. Certain tricks I'd like to play on people. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Certain people I'd like to haunt. Um, certain other ghosts that I'd like to beat the hell out of, you know. Yeah. Casually. But before we get there, our podcast will end. Womp womp. Luckily, there is another Teen Wolf podcast on the horizon. What? What? I mean, you knew this. I I know. I think a lot of our listeners might actually know this. Are you guys jumping ship? (laughs) I'm just kidding. But we actually sat down with the Return to Beacon Hills podcast to ask them a little bit about their experiences with Teen Wolf and just kind of introduce the fact that there's going to be another rewatching podcast, not rewolfing, rewatching podcast on the horizon. Like we're getting to like the middle end. The mm-hmm. middle age of the rewolf, if you will. And um, the lovely hosts of the Return to Beacon Hills pod, Kate, Calissa, and Will, are offering a really interesting perspective, especially Will as a writer on Teen Wolf. That was cool. Very cool. That's he wrote, cool. That's uh, crazy. Th- amazing. He wrote one of our favorite episodes of season six. Yes. So, very excited Malia about just- that. Downs that lemonade, man. <laughs> Love her. Um, but we sat down with the Return to Beacon Hills podcast to ask them a little bit what, about their relationship to Teen Wolf and how they feel about what's going to be coming up on their podcast. And it's a really interesting interview. Before we get started, I just want to let you know if you are interested in following the Return to Beacon Hills podcast. Uh, their social media is all going to be RTBH podcast. That's their Instagram, their Twitter, their TikTok, how tech savvy. And they're going to be hosted by Podbean, so you'll be able to find them on all of your social, no, your podcasting apps, um, which will be exciting. Julia, are you ready to rock and roll? I am pumped. Awesome. So without further ado, here is our interview with the Return to Beacon Hills podcast. So everybody, I just want to welcome you all to a super, super special episode of the Teen Wolf Rewolf. We are teaming up currently with the Return to Beacon Hills podcast, a podcast which will be soon airing in June. Another Teen Wolf Rewatch podcast. Had to stop myself from saying Rewolf. <laughs> um, 
And it's getting sort of to the middle end of where our podcast is going to be. We should be wrapped up with reviewing Teen Wolf by the end of this year. So it's really exciting to have you guys kind of filling that space. I know a lot of our listeners are really excited to hear about it. So I would love everybody to introduce themselves and tell us how you found Teen Wolf or how you worked on Teen Wolf and how you guys kind of made it into your own podcast. Can I start us off, Will? Uh, sure. Uh, my name is Will Wallace, and I was a writer on Teen Wolf. Uh, I wrote five episodes. I worked on it from, in some form or fashion, from the first season in 2011 all the way to the end in 2017. And uh, I met Kate and Calissa because of Teen Wolf, and we became best friends, like, instantly. And, yeah, that's basically been our lives for the last, <laughs> going on seven years, at this point, we've just been best friends and we've always loved the show. And then one day I got a text from Calissa and she was like, we should maybe do a podcast, I think. And I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, this is the only logical next step. So that's. <laughs> My name is Calissa Mullis and I am one of the co-hosts of Return to Beacon Hills. I'm super excited to be here and I'm just a huge fan of Teen Wolf and it means so much to me because it came at a really important time in my life when I needed it and it led me to meeting Will and that's been an amazing friendship. I'm super happy to talk about it. I concur. <laughs> I'm Kate Colvin. I'm also one of the co-hosts of Return to Beacon Hills and Calissa and I have been really good friends since high school, actually, long before Teen Wolf, the series, was a thing. But we became friends with Will when we moved to LA, and seven years later, we're still best friends. So a quick, you know, intro to us for, I'm assuming that people who are interested in your podcast might be finding this one. My name is Christian. I'm one of the hosts of the Teen Wolf Werewolf. Uh, me and Julia met in college when we were studying theater at Michigan, and we both love teen horror and teen television, and I convinced her to watch Teen Wolf, and we have never stopped thinking about it. That sounds correct. A very addictive show. Yes. Yeah. Julia, do you want to say something? Uh, I'm Julia. I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm really enjoying going through Teen Wolf for the second time only. Um, so it's like a new discovery. Now that we've gotten to season four, I'm like, I don't know what happens. It's like watching it for the first time all over again. Cool. It's great. All right. So to kick it off, I just want to ask you guys a question um, from our podcast viewers. What makes Teen Wolf so special to you guys? So Kate and I, we moved to LA at the very start of 2014, and we had already fallen in love with Teen Wolf. Uh, one of our friends was big on Tumblr at the time, and she was like, there's this very gay show that you should watch, because that was relevant to our interest. <laughs> we're both uh, bisexual, and we're really happy to find a teen show that really embraced queer characters. So uh, we'd started watching it. We had uh, Kate through a Teen Wolf themed birthday party for me and yeah. it was amazing and then when we moved to LA it was just so different we're from Indiana and that's where we moved back to but LA is insane it's huge people are so different I don't recommend it very intimidating <laughs> and so I just decided like we didn't have any jobs or anything we moved out there to be writers we had a Teen Wolf spec script and um we just decided to like 
why decide to throw myself fully into Teen Wolf and just drag Kate along with me? That's that's pretty accurate. <laughs> um, should, should we explain what a spec script is, just in case not all sure. listeners? So uh, a spec script is where you write sort of a prospective episode of a show that already exists so that, um, you know, you can sort of show that as like, I could jump into the show and be a writer for it. I understand its style and what each episode is like. So we wrote one for Teen Wolf and then made Will read it. Did yes, read we it. did. Will, how was the script? <laughs> it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It involved around, uh, it was centered around a kidnapping and body possession and all this. So it was it was a lot of fun to read. It was also how I discovered that Kate and Calista are Steric fans. And, mm-hmm. uh, so Derek, yeah. we're the focus of the episode. Yeah. He was like, You're not Steric fans, are you? Like, no. We were like, no. What? And during the course of that high pitched tone, it was like, What are we going to say when I'm finished with this very, like, disgruntled, What? At this point in our friendship, obviously, we've just been like, Oh, yeah, we're completely Steric shippers. But at the time, we weren't sure, like, is that cool? Is that gonna be weird? I don't know. Well, there was a lot of like outspoken, well, there was a small percentage of outspoken Steric fans who were really mean to the writers. So we didn't want to think that he, we were like one of those where we were gonna start yelling at him saying, why isn't Steric canon? Stalking his socials. <laughs> Yeah, I um I remember from my time kind of on on Tumblr, like when things were really blowing up, I was kind of just getting in, I was just starting college, so I was kind of a little bit removed, but I remember a lot of the conversation was about Steric, and there was a crazy amount of interaction between like the, uh I guess like the sort of social presence of the network on social media interacting with the fans in a very interesting way. So, um Will, how do you feel about Steric? Oh, Steric's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally into it. I mean, at the time, this this became, this became was a gradual thing for me. Um, you wore me down. <laughs> they wore me down. They wore me down. But no, it, uh, you know, like Kosa was saying, my my main interaction with Teen Wolf fans when I first uh, got well, into the fans with the Steric fans, well, with Teen Wolf fans, and then it was Steric fans, basically, when because uh, I not made the mistake, but I engaged and most people didn't engage, but I was like, this is fun. I can tweet. I can do the Twitter and talk to all these teenagers. And, um, and yeah, and, but then there was a lot of, a lot of very uh, vocal people who are very passionate about Teen Wolf and, and Steric. And I just wasn't there yet, you know, but then, I mean, it's, you can't really watch the show and then be like, I don't think there's chemistry there. It's like, have you opened your eyes? you know so yeah you'll be shocked to know that neither me nor julia have ever found any like interest in steric which shocks so many people coming from you know our podcast it's honestly like not personal we just don't see it i think that there's like we always say that the ship you're meant to be shipping in teen wolf is the one that's currently happening um and i think that's kind of one of the brilliant parts about the show but i understand that that was such a big part of the fandom and so such a big community thing obviously for you guys it's kind of how you you know can find friendships and the way you're talking about media is clearly very similar in the way that you're interacting with it so it it obviously was a big part of the show blowing up in general and i I find that that really fascinating um will a little bit moving into your presence on teen wolf so you wrote five episodes in the later seasons correct 
yes, I started with episode 508 and then I wrote uh, two more in season five and then two more in season six. Um, can you tell us anything about your experiences on set? What it was like working on Teen Wolf, what it was like in the writer's room? Awesome. Just the greatest job I've ever had ever really <laughs> it was so great no it was, <clears throat> it was so great I've wanted to be a tv writer since the eighth grade and so basically every single waking minute of my life uh from the eighth grade moving to Los Angeles and then finally in season three being made the writer assistant was all leading towards that moment and uh but I love television I love being a tv writer I think it's the best way to tell stories uh it's just so visual and you get a lot of time with the characters and it's just so much fun and then working on a show with much better writers than myself, it was very much a learning experience. And Jeff's a fantastic boss and all the other writers I worked with were all fantastic. It was always great. Um, I mean, there obviously every, on every job you have your bad days and stuff like that, but there was never a day where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, then I was like, I've had enough. I'm good. It's like every morning I got up, my, my alarm would go off and it's like, time to go to the greatest job in the world you know and that's what I did for five years and it was just awesome that's awesome. how else to describe it <laughs> no that's exactly what we want to hear and I know that like a lot of our listeners are um curious about that kind of stuff in ways that we can't answer people will be like do you think so and so like is like this and I'm like I don't know them personally um <laughs> so do any of you guys have like standout memories from being on set anything any standout memories in like your experience on Teen Wolf that you feel was formative in the way that you think about the show or talk about it or even just like fun? I do. Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. I'm trying to, yeah, I mean, obviously Will's going to have the most. Calissa and I did get to go on a couple of uh, set tours, which was really exciting. And then um, we also had uh, a few different episodes that we were extras in, which um, was definitely because of Will helping us get that connection because when it came to extras who were supposed to be high schoolers, they had an age cap and we were past the age cap. <laughs> uh, but we were like, we could really use the work. <laughs> so he kind of like, you know, talked to casting and was like, I mean, they don't really look any older than the other extras. So it's probably fine, right? And I, I the first time that we were extras, um, one of the other extras asked me what year I was. And I was like, what year of what? And he was like, <laughs> high school, I'm a junior. And I was like, I'm 25. <laughs> but uh, so that, that was, uh, it was really cool to, um, to have been a fan of the show previously, like a big fan, like Calissa said, throwing Teen Wolf themed birthday parties fan. And then we, um, when we got to LA, we didn't have jobs yet. We were applying everywhere we could think of. Um, but one of the ones that we actually got was working a Teen Wolf convention in Burbank. And um, that's how we ended up meeting Will, who at the time was a writer's assistant. And he was just very like open and generous with his time. You know, we kind of weren't sure like, what is he gonna think? Like, 
were fangirls, <laughs> you know. Um, but he was really nice. And then we, um, I think, met up at a cafe to just chat, talk about our interests, what we were doing in LA and stuff like that. And we were talking and talking and then we looked up and it was like six hours later. We've just been sitting at this diner for six hours <laughs> talking about TV and characters and writing and all sorts of nerdy nonsense. And we ended up becoming best friends and, you know, Will knew how much we loved the show, but it was also just, you know, th th this was the thing that brought us together and made us friends. So it also has that kind of special place in our hearts for that reason too. It has this sacredness because it's the foundation that our friendship was built on. I mean, obviously seven years later, we're still friends. So it's, it's you know, more than that, but it's still very special to us partially because that's how we ended up becoming best friends. So, um, and I, I will say too that uh, through Will, we were able to see how much, how, how generous a lot of the people on that show were with their time in general. Like, um, you know, when it was, when it was my birthday and I was just feeling really down because I had two friends in LA and these are the two, these are the two people right here. Uh, those are the two friends that I had. I was just feeling kind of down about it. And um, so I got a, a birthday video on Facebook and in amongst like my friends and family was Tyler Posey being like, happy birthday, Kate. I don't know how old you are, but it's gonna be fucking awesome. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> so that, you know, that was, that was awesome. And um, yeah, just, I, I feel like one of the things that made Teen Wolf really special was how many people who were very generous and open were part of it because I meant when I said, I, I meant what I said when I said that I wouldn't recommend living in LA um, to most people <laughs> anyway, um, but I really just never had any bad experiences with Teen Wolf. I had bad experiences while living in LA, but it was never anything to do with Will or any of the other people that I met, like visiting the set or anything like that. It was just always, a very welcoming experience. Yeah, it was, I have so many amazing stories and they're all thanks to Will. And uh, that, like Kate said, everyone on the show was very generous. Uh, Jeff uh, told Will that he could take us to screenings and everything. So Will always had like, yeah, two girls he was going there with. I don't know what people thought we were a uh, strange throuple or whatever, but like he brought two dates to the screening. Okay. Right, well. yeah. So we got to watch episodes at Jeff's house with the cast and it was just really incredible to see them react to the show. And let's see, yeah. Uh, similar to that Kate's story, I was getting, I was going into a job interview that I was really nervous for. And then Will sent me a video of Dylan O'Brien holding up a sign saying, good luck, Calissa, to my job interview. And that was just really sweet and amazing. And yeah, it's just, it was such a fun environment. And um, every event we went to, everyone who worked on the show was so nice to us. And even though we were part of the crew, it just felt like a family, a very mm -hmm. welcoming family. 
So I just love that about it. That we were dating into. We were dating into. <laughs> Obviously, yes, as a power Teen yeah. Wolf throuple. That's right. Yeah, that that was that was pretty much us. And I remember one time we went to, I think it was a rap, one of the rap parties, right? And um, Lyndon Ashby was there. And I was like, oh, I would really like to get a picture with uh, Papa Stalinsky because he's Papa Stalinsky. And Will was like, why don't, why don't you just walk up and ask him? I was like, no, I couldn't do that. He's enjoying his evening. I can't just walk up and ask him if I could, no. And uh, so I was talking to somebody else, just, you know, milling around chatting. And uh, <laughs> Lyndon Ashby comes up to me and he's like, hi, could I take a picture with you? Like, is that cool? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, that's cool. And I just thought that was such a like cute and funny way to let someone know a little bird told me you might want to take a picture because it, it made me feel very at ease, you know, for him to frame it that way. I didn't feel like annoying fangirl who got invited to the party. <laughs> I really hope you captioned that picture, me with a fan. <laughs> I should have. That, that would have been, that would have been, yeah, totally the way to do it. Moving a little bit away from set life, um, obviously Teen Wolf borrows from like pretty much everything in its genre, and then obviously new things are coming out that borrow from Teen Wolf, and it is kind of like I said, a genre show. Uh, what are the things that kind of led you into liking Teen Wolf? Was it Smallville? Was it Buffy? Julia loves Highlander. <laughs> it was Buffy. Definitely Buffy. Buffy. I'm going to make an executive announcement from Calissa and myself that it was Buffy. Yeah, Buffy was my first fandom, and... Um, that was the show that made me want to write for television, which I just had to live that dream vicariously through Will. But yeah, <laughs> I I loved everything about Buffy. So from Buffy, I moved into, um, I mean, pretty much anything in the Whedonverse. Um, it was really sad to hear about like how he's been, he apparently treated people on set. Yeah, but, definitely um, need to add an asterisk to yeah. that love. But from Buffy and Angel, I moved into Supernatural and then I didn't watch Supernatural all the way to the end. I was impressed they got so many seasons out of it. But Kate and I stopped around like three or four. I finished five. Okay. I, I don't think I made it that far. But yeah, um, and then from there, is... we watched Teen Wolf. And yeah. Teen Wolf was the last show I felt super passionately about. Like mm -hmm. since it's been off the air, uh, I told Jeff Davis this when we interviewed him. Like I just haven't found anything to fill that Teen Wolf shaped hole in my heart. I, I love TV. I watch a ton of TV, but nothing has hit me like Teen Wolf did. Yeah. We, we tried um, the first season of Riverdale. We tried the first season of Sabrina and they just didn't, they didn't grab us the same way. And I don't know, maybe Teen Wolf has like ruined us for other shows. I don't know, but it just didn't, you know, it didn't have the same effect on us that, that Teen Wolf did, which is funny because it, had been a while for me before I like since I'd gotten into a teen show because you know by by the time Teen Wolf was on we were both in college um and yeah I just hadn't really gotten into a teen show since then and frankly when our friend said you should watch Teen Wolf I was like girl I'm an adult like <laughs> I'm an adult wolf what do you want me to watch this for um, but obviously she was absolutely correct. 
That's awesome. Julia, tell me what you like about Teen Wolf while we're waiting. Who, me? Uh, no, I just think there's yeah, like you. such a, a dearth of good t- teen television, as you guys were just saying. Um, and like, guys, I love Riverdale. I'm not going to lie, but it is not the same. Um, and like, really, I think the thing that's special about Teen Wolf to me is that it treats um, their teenage problems with the same sort of seriousness that it treats the like earth shattering problems. Um, like they get to be real human teenagers, um, which is definitely like part of the appeal of, of Buffy as well. But like, if you compare that to Riverdale, for example, like there's no reality in that. Um, like it's just bubblegum. There's like no substance. And so I think the the core relationships at the heart of Teen Wolf is what makes it so special to me. Um, Will, before you disappeared into the ether, I asked what your influences were both in liking Teen Wolf and also writing for it, given like whatever genre show like that, you know, obviously everything captures you and brings you there for a reason. So, you know, was it Smallville? Was it Buffy? Was it Firefly? First, let me apologize. Uh, I'm in Alabama and we only just got the internet last week. So if I just, dis- that's, if I disappear, that's what's happening. So, um, there you go. But um, I actually didn't watch a lot of stuff like that before Teen Wolf. Um, like I watched the X-Files like when I was growing up with my mom and then I really loved Fringe. That was great. But like I really wasn't like super into like I like genre stuff, but I just wasn't like I really wasn't into like teen stuff. So like I didn't watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I didn't watch Supernatural. I didn't watch Angel. Um Supernatural is not really a teen show, boo. It's on the CW. It's for teenagers. I saw like... (laughs) That's true. I'm old. Everyone younger than me is a teen. So yeah, it's it. Yes. If it's on the CW or previously the WB, it's like that means you're a teen show. It doesn't matter what you are. But um, so I, you know, I didn't really get into any of that... And yes, uh, I watched like the pilot for Dawson's Creek and I was like, I'm good. I'm all right. I'm, I'm fine. Um, but the thing that got me into Teen Wolf was just reading the first season of scripts. When I first got hired in 2011 to scan documents down at the MPV offices, I was, I remember I had seen previously or recently before that I'd seen the very first like commercial for Teen Wolf. And I was like, oh, this is some Twilight bullshit that I will not be watching. And then I got hired on the show, not knowing what the show was. I just answered an ad online. It was like, oh, show needs someone to scan documents. I was like, I'm unemployed. I can scan documents. And and it was Teen Wolf. And then I worked there for a couple of days and everyone was super cool, really nice. Jeff was great. Joe Janier and Karen Gordetsky, the exec producers were great. The editors are great. Russell Okehi, the director many of the first episode or many of the episodes of the first season was great and I was like well everyone's really cool maybe I should just read this and see what's going on so I read the pilot and I was like holy shit this is really good like this doesn't make any sense at all that it's good and then I read the other 11 episodes for the first season and I was like I have to work on this show forever basically and yeah so that was basically how I got into Team Wolf was just being basically a fan for the first couple of seasons. And then I got hired on full-time and I got to work on it. 
did that change your opinion of like genre shows was that like did that change your opinion of genre shows like it, it seemed like a thing you weren't really into and then you know it became this huge part of your life teen shows no no not not really okay. I like genre like I love horror stuff like I mean, when we all lived in Los Angeles, they basically lived at my apartment on the weekends. And so basically it's like, all right, we have 72 hours. How many horror films can we watch in 72 hours? And so, you know, I like horror stuff. I do like genre, um, but like teen stuff, I just don't care about. I'm just, I'm so old and aged. That- <laughs> Did we lose him again? Oh my God. Oh, there he goes. It's because he was slandering teen shows. The Zoom gods cut him off. Um, so we talked a little bit, you guys said that there's nothing in the market right now that's making you feel like there is a replacement for Teen Wolf. Um, what would be your ideal show to fill that niche? Just give me your your elevator pitch. I'd like a, something that's about, like, I really love the idea of Sabrina, but it just didn't quite work for me, but I, I would love a good teen show about witches. I feel like one of those hasn't existed and I think, yeah, that would be really interesting to take, have a, I think Freeform was attempting something with that. I don't know what exactly went on with that show, but um, yeah, I'd like a really good teen show about witches. And that would actually be scary because I, that's, that's part of it too. I, I feel like um, I actually, my, my pick for uh, another teen movie that could be adapted into a TV show was The Craft. Oh, for sure. Um, and a big part of that is the lesbian subtext that would then become text. But also uh, that I, this is something Calissa and I have talked about before is that we love witch stories, but there are so few witch horror stories that actually work really well. Um, but I think in the right hands, it could be done really well. It just would need to be like Teen Wolf. It would need to have really good character writing is a big part of it. And, and directing, because obviously in a visual medium, being scary, the visuals are going to be a, a big part of it too. But yeah, I think a, a scary, sexy, surprising, were those the three S's of Teen Wolf? Was that what it was? Scary, sexy, surprising? Oh, it was uh, sexy. Yeah, yeah scary, scary, sexy, sexy surprising. surprising. Yeah. That was their sort of like um, internal tagline of like, you know, what to keep in mind when creating the show. A scary, sexy, surprising show about teenaged witches, which I guess is going to come off as very shade throwing towards Sabrina. But, you know, I understand that a lot of people like it. It didn't work for me, but... Uh, something that is maybe uh more strongly horror i totally think and we say this all the time that like one of the core elements of teen wolf is how incredible it is at being scary while also maintaining its teen rating um i liked the first season of sabrina we've talked about it on our podcast a little bit nature of the beast um but you're right it's not really filling that the dream would be something between like sabrina and then like the third season of american horror story yeah 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 but i love the idea of witches will do you have a genre show that you would love to fill the void of teen wolf well i would like to do more teen wolf i think the universe is big enough 
or the world of the show is is big enough for it. You know, um, I think there are plenty of stories to tell. So, I mean, I, I would love to see the show come back in some form, maybe like a reboot and just new characters, new city, because there's so many stories to tell. Let's, or spinoff. Let's see what else is out there. Um, what's that? Or a spinoff. Well, are we allowed to say that? Okay, good. Like I was like, I wait, I started to say it, then I was like, <laughs> I spoken out of turn. Will pitched a spinoff. Um, not officially, but I, I pitched it to Jeff and he was really into it, but it didn't really sadly go further than that. Um, I'd like to maybe not talk about it just in case, because I'm thinking maybe now's the time to try and reach back out to MTV about that. Hey, mum's the word, but we're excited. But uh, for like a movie or something, I'd like to do, um, like I think disturbing behavior or the faculty uh, the faculty specialty, especially, I think would be a lot of fun to take that idea and turn that into a TV show. Because I think that movie is a lot of fun and um, yeah, great cast. So he wouldn't want to bring, you know, that story back, just a water alien coming out and coming to earth in Texas and all this. And yeah, it was fun. So that one, if someone was like, hey, do you want to make a movie into a show? I'd be like, yeah, the faculty. Please. I totally watched Disturbing Behavior as a fun. show too, Will disturbing behavior would be so much fun too because that movie you know it's just like brainwashed teens and they get killer and stuff like that and that'd be a lot of fun too so a lot of a lot of good stuff out there it's like step for teens Mm -hmm. yeah exactly (laughs) step for teens yeah yeah those are those are great great pitches um what moving on um can you guys tell us that we could expect from your podcast coming up man a lot of love for Teen Wolf to start. A lot of love. Some very um, honest interviews yes. uh, with people who worked on the show. Um, people talk. And I, 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 I was going to say, I, I, I say honest, not like talking shit about other people on the show. Um, but <laughs> you can't make that face. Mostly because no, no. Mostly, uh, but there, there, there is some talking shit about MTV a little bit um, that I found <laughs> very funny and refreshing. Um, some fun stories from set from people, you know, who were there like every day from the beginning um, and different perspectives on different things because you know, the way a director sees something or the creator is very different from how one of the staff writers might see it or how someone from the marketing department or production is going to see it. So um, it's kind of, it's like a, a hybrid of us just giving our thoughts as fans or in Will's case, both a fan and someone who contributed significantly to the show. Um, And then also interviewing other people who contributed significantly to the show. Um, And then the other thing is we've really made an effort to talk about the fandom a lot and spotlight different fan stories and fan communities and stuff because we feel like that's a big part of the Teen Wolf story. We also have people talking about what it's like to work with Dylan O'Brien, which is the most requested question that we ask people when Instagram likes. They're always like, just ask them what it's like to work with Dylan O'Brien. 
we do have fun stories there. Dylan O'Brien has like an exceptional stand. Yes. Um, I don't think I was quite prepared for how large it was, uh, but good for him. And I'm sure that there are people who are very interested in that answer. Yes. I love all the uh, Dylan O'Brien stands. Yes. They're great. I love all the fans that we've interacted with. We love hearing that. Um, and we're really excited for there to be, because obviously the way that we describe our podcast is that we uh, review Teen Wolf like a book report. That's great. Um, I like that. We examine it like pretty, pretty like in a literary sense. And I think that there, because as you said, the fandom was such a big thing, such a big part of it, there's going to be serious interest in that kind of story. And I'm, I'm really excited for you guys. So I think we're about to wrap up this little interview. But before we go... At the end of every episode of the Teen Wolf Free Wolf, we have an alpha of the week. So whatever character was the most heroic in that episode of Teen Wolf, they get the honor. Um, for this purpose, I want you guys to just talk about your favorite Teen Wolf character, whoever is your alpha of forever in Teen Wolf. Well, would you like to talk about Kira for a moment? Because I assume that you're, yeah. I would. Uh, yes, I would like to talk to you about Kira, please. Uh, yeah, Kira is my all-time favorite character. I've said it many times before, and I will say it many more times when asked or not asked. Um, I try to just interject it if I can into any conversation. But no, I remember distinctly being in the writer's room for when we started breaking season 3B. And Jeff was like, hey, I wanna bring in some Japanese mythology and play around with that. We're gonna have a new character, a new family come to Beacon Hills. And he was like, you know, the main character or the characters, her name's gonna be, you know, Kira Yukimura. And I was just like, sold, sold. I'm." done and just the more we broke the character and figured out who exactly she was and her parents I was just like oh that's my favorite character we don't even know her yet and I like her so much already and then yes of course then we cast Arden Cho and she just brought the character to life instantly and yeah she was just my favorite character she came along I think just at the right time to interject a lot of great new blood and life into the show Kira for president. I love Kira. I love her so much. We talk about it all the time. Every time she's in an episode, we're like, oh, thank God Kira's here. Great. Yeah. My, my favorite is Styles, which I know so many people pick Styles, but, you know, Dylan O'Brien was just so incredible with the role. He could do comedy, he could do drama, like him crying on screen just crush, crushed me anytime Styles cried. And, you know, the character just endured so much, but really grew throughout the course of the show. And I just really loved the, that he stayed human for the most part, ignoring Boyd Styles. He stayed human, but he was still a hero and part of the pack. And I just really love that. He's the show's Batman and that's Calissa's favorite superhero. Yes. So it, it all comes together really. Um, Kate, is he your favorite as well? I, I was trying to decide whether I was going to say Derek Hale or Lydia Martin because I feel like Lydia has the best arc. So like as a writer, partially my instinct is to choose Lydia, um, but then also Derek kind of inhabits a special place in my heart as well. I don't know, who should I talk about you guys? Give, give a little bit of time to both of them. You can do a tie. Okay. I'll, yeah, I'll do a tie. Um, Lydia has the, 
I, I think the most um, clear cut journey over the course of the show of any of the characters. Um, partially that's because she starts in such an extreme place because, you know, she's she's kind of, she, she starts out being kind of the, the pretty but unlikable popular girl is sort of how she's introduced. Um, and we just get so many layers to her over the course of the show, not even to mention the whole Banshee storyline and her gaining superpowers. Um, I feel like her character when the show started was really um, desperate to be able to manipulate things into a way that she thought was gonna be beneficial to her. And then the second season is so much of her being totally helpless, which was really hard to watch. But I do think that it it threw her character arc into sharper relief so that when she um, discovered her Banshee abilities and then learned to harness them, um, there was an even clearer contrast with where she started. And um, we got some really beautiful visual representations of that, right? Like in, um, in the first season in the tell, we have her putting makeup on after she's been sitting there crying in her, in her room. And then later in, uh, in 3A, we have her making a very conscious decision not to cover up the bruises on her neck with makeup because she doesn't feel the need to hide that anymore. And so much of Teen Wolf is about identity and gaining the, the power among other things to define yourself instead of being defined by external forces. And Lydia is also the best example of that because she, her story is very much a self-actualization story where she has to learn how to be who she is and let other people see who she is. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's all Lydia. correct. <laughs> yeah. And then a little bit of Derek. And too. then a Julia agrees. A with little bit Derek, of Derek. I, I feel like Derek Derek is the character who has like I don't want to just say the worst luck. I feel like that that's such a that's such an understatement that it it, it defies that description, but he just has the worst series of events that you could imagine and still is trying. And I, I feel like what I like about that character is the sheer number of times that we see him fail and try again. Um, that character is really the one that will go the longest periods of time without a win. And so, I think there is something very special and compelling about that because everybody in their lives go, goes through times where they feel like I have not had a win in so long. And that temptation just to sort of give up on whatever it is, it's always there. That's, that's, it's human that you get so used to losing that you stop trying to win. And I feel like, um, so the, the, there is something really special about this character that we'll see go long periods of time without a win and still like 
getting up in the morning like, well, I have a job to do. I have something that I'm going to try to accomplish, prevent more death, protect someone, find out the truth about something, and does keep trying to do it, even when it's not even really in his own best interest so much as other people's. Just keep swimming. <laughs> yeah. Julia, do you have an alpha of the week? I feel like you're just going to say Derek. I was going to say Peter, actually, because, man, do I love a villain. I love a villain, and I love a villain who can ingratiate himself in, like, the group of protagonists. Um, they don't want him there, but he's there. Uh, he's funny. He's sassy. Um, I love that he has such a long con throughout the entire show. Um he makes my day when he shows up in an episode, but also really quickly, um, it's kind of like when you ask people who their favorite Harry Potter character is and no one ever says Harry Potter. I love Scott. I love Scott so much and I don't think he gets enough love. So just put him that out there in the universe. Scott McCall. Nobody does ever say yeah. Harry Potter. That's true. I think to a lot of people, it feels like the easy yeah. choice. Whereas like you kind of, especially with characters who are, you know, like Scott's a little infallible, but then you have people who are flawed and then you sort of, you know, mm -hmm. you have the things you can project onto them or you see growth and Scott obviously does grow throughout the series, but he is sort of the most universally likable and that's easy. Whereas like when you're like, yeah, I love Liam. Liam causes so many problems. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. And you get to be there and watch him grow. I don't know if I'd pick Liam. I actually have a hard time picking anybody because Teen Wolf is so wholeheartedly an ensemble show in like such mm -hmm. a phenomenal way that characters are only as good as the other characters can make them and the way that they interact and like the development as everybody grows throughout the show and like you said it's only actually about two years of actual like Beacon Hills time we see immeasurable change that said what Julia said is right Peter is great he's horrible I love him <laughs> <laughs> all right well I think that about wraps up our conversation I have really enjoyed talking to you guys um, I know Julia has as well. Do you guys want to quickly plug your social media so everybody knows how they can find you, when to get updates about when your podcast is dropping? Go ahead and share it. So uh, we're very active on our Instagram page, RTBH Podcast. We're also on Instagram, or I'm sorry, we're also on Twitter, also RTBH Podcast. And uh, we're going to be on Podbean. That's where our hosting site will be. And we've even started a TikTok to connect to those younger fans learning the TikTok. <laughs> it is it's, a learning curve. I think that's also RTBH. Or maybe, no, it's just Return to Beacon Hills with the TikTok. But our most, the best thing is to follow us on Instagram. That's where we're most active. Talking all the fans. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Um, of course. <laughs> we, the, we were really excited about this conversation and we're really happy to have you. Um, other than that, I've been Christian. I've been Julia. And this has been our interview with the Return to Beacon Hills podcast. I feel like we've learned something today. I would agree. I feel like we don't have to podcast about Teen Wolf from beyond the grave. I think that there <laughs> will be capable, awesome people stepping up to the plate should we suffer an untimely demise. They got it covered. They do. We can podcast about other things from beyond the grave. Not true blood. <laughs>
Sorry, not sorry. Honestly, I feel like we're going to get beaten down, and then by season six, we'll be like, fine, we'll do True Blood. First season only. That's that's cruel. we got to do the whole thing. I suppose. Tell us in the comments. <laughs> what seasons of True, True Blood, Blood would you want to podcast what about? What seasons of True Blood would you be okay with us not doing? Um, anyway, like I said, that we've got a really cool other Teen Wolf podcast joining our ranks. Uh, coming this summer, uh, uh, it's going to be airing in June, June 5th, I'm pretty sure. And again, their socials are, our, are all RTBH podcast. Um, and we're excited to welcome them to the Teen Wolf sphere. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, if you enjoyed this interview and enjoy the Teen Wolf Rewolf, we hope you follow us on Twitter at Teen Wolf underscore Rewolf, which is also our Instagram handle. You can follow us on Tumblr at Teen Wolf Rewolf and join our Facebook group. Join the awesome discussion and lovely wolf pack, uh, Teen Wolf Rewolf podcast. Just answer the questions. I'll let you in. If you really liked this podcast, we hope you leave us a review on iTunes. If you leave us five stars, we give you a shout out on the pod and a shout out on Twitter should you want it. And if you really, really like this podcast, you guys can buy us a coffee. It's just ko-fi.com forward slash Teen Wolf Rewolf. We're not asking. It's just a link in our Twitter bio, but should you feel so inclined? It's, it's there. A, it's a link in our Twitter bio, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that about wraps it up. We love you guys, and uh, we're getting excited to start season five soon. And I have been Christian. I've been Julia. And we hope you guys have a wolf of a week. Ow! Woo!